On January 30th, 2017, the Boy Scouts of America made a landmark announcement. The Boy Scouts of America were now going to accept and register youth based on gender identity specified in the application. Uh, for hundreds of years, for the last couple hundred years, acceptance to these types of organizations has been based on biological sex and what the birth certificate said. This is no longer the case. Now, girls or women that are transgender are allowed to enter into these organizations. Many people are calling this movement, the ability to change your identity as, or your gender identity, a transgender revolution. Uh, and rightly so, since the year 2000, the word since the year 2000, gender and sex have separated rapidly, causing great disconnect between the two. Gender has now become based on feeling and personhood, not biological assigned birth sex. This has caused great division in American culture and religion, but how should Christians with a biblical worldview respond? In order to understand this better, we will take a deep dive into terms and ideas associated with transgenderism. And secondly, we will look at what I believe the root of the problem is. And finally, give a proper Christian response to transgender movement. <clears throat> so, purpose statement. purpose of this lecture is to understand the facts of transgender, transgenderism and how Christians ought to respond to the trans movement. We'll do this by evaluating gender from a scientific and biblical viewpoint. So, starting off with some terms we need to understand. Uh, this is biological sex, which is going to be, uh, you can read this, I'll read it for you. Um, these terms all refer to physical or physiological characteristics that help us differentiate between what is male and what is female. Chromosomes, hormones, gonads, genitals, secondary sex characteristics, which is going to be body shape, hair, not growing face, facial hair if you're a woman, growing facial hair if you're a man. Not in my case, but <laughs> um, that's biological sex. That's whenever the baby is still in the womb and we ultrasound it, we can see that it is a boy or it is a girl. When it comes out of the womb, the doctor looks and he says, well, this has this. It's a boy. This doesn't have this. It's a girl. It's very simple. Uh, and that's exactly what biological sex is. There is some... In some cases, technically a person could be born with both sets. Anyways, we're not going to talk about that here. I think that's an anomaly and not associated with the movement in general. Um, anyways. When we get into gender, there's... Anyways, terms we need to understand. Definition of gender. Gender, however compared to biological sex, is personal, how we see ourselves, while sexual orientation is intrapersonal, who we are physically, emotionally, or romantically attracted to. In 1955, the word... I'll read through this. In 1955, the word gender began to change. Scientific study of similarities and differences between men and women began to use the word gender in new ways that referred to people's behavior. I find this really interesting. We're going to... This is, black is the word sex, used from 1982 to 1993. Black is used more. From 1994 to 2008, 2002, anyways, it's bumped out, so I can't see it. White represents the word gender being used to describe these cultural terms. So it has shifted immensely from here to here compared to how it was. Wow. Uh, that's the number of articles written about the topics. Uh, so it's gaining a lot of steam. 
and just recently. We're going to go back to this slide and talk about the meaning of the word gender. Oh, yep, that's not right. Historically, the terms sex and gender have often been used interchangeably. Even today, drawing distinctions <clears throat> between them is not universal. Where a distinction is made, however, gender, when a distinction is made, however, gender is often intended to emphasize the social and cultural as opposed to biological distinction between the sexes. As such, these terms usually encompass three aspects, gender identity, gender expression, and gender roles. So I hope that makes sense to you. Gender, uh, gender is going to be based on social aspects of life. It's not necessarily based on biological sex, but social aspects of life and cultural aspects of life. And it's going to be formed by, uh, by these three things, gender identity, expression, and roles. I do this before me. <clears throat> gender identity, this refers to the way individuals perceive themselves and wish to name themselves. When a person's subjective gender identity aligns with their objective biological sex, as would be the case for everyone in this room, that's called er, cisgender, on the same side of gender. Whenever you move on to the next one, it's going to be whenever they're commonly referred to or when they clash, you feel like a man in a woman's body, or you feel like a woman in a man's body, that's going to be called transgender, uh, or suffering with a thinking you were in the wrong body. <sighs> gender expression is how you are going to express your gender identity. Um, this refers to the physiological and social aspects of how masculinity and femininity are presented in things like dress and demeanor and social roles and conventions um, and other cultural gender norms. These are vary from culture to culture, if not from person to person. Gender roles is a lot like that, but it's not necessarily expression. Gender roles are the man cooks, the woman, or the man is the breadwinner, the woman is the cooker. Those are typical gender roles for the American society, not necessarily accepted anymore. We just talked about activism, but um, not, not all, and what's really important to note here, it's not wrong for a guy to associate with the other gender role. That's not inappropriate. I can like pink, you can like pink. Whenever you're a boy, you can play with dolls instead of go hunting. It's not about that. They're going to switch, but it is the switch in gender roles that I believe that has led to a change in gender identity, which is expressed through gender expression. I hope that makes sense. Um, because the woman does not want to be forced to be home anymore. The woman, based on uh, other things like homosexuality and, uh, anyways, I'm just going to move on. <laughs> Definition of transgenderism. Uh, the background to this is all the gender signs, which you know, usually there would be one arrow pointing up and to the right, which is male and female, pointing down with a cross uh, or a plus sign. And I'm not going to read all this to you, but... <clears throat> Transgenderism is an umbrella term for people who are born either male or female, but whose gender identity differs from their birth sex, and who want to express their gender with which they identify through cross-dressing, if not also sex or cross-hormone, 
cross-sex hormone therapy, if not also sex reassignment surgery. The term transsexual is often used interchangeably with transgender. We're not going to use transsexual because we're using transgender as an umbrella term, but uh, it's sometimes used only for those who seek medical assistance to transition. Because of its breadth, the transgender umbrella is also includes those who identify as bigender, pangender, omnigender, gender fluid, gender diverse, or agender. Um, and I could go on and on about those, you know. But the de this definition of transgenderism allows or shows a great distinction between birth sex and gender. They do not want to associate with their birth sex, they would rather associate with how they feel, which is developed by social and cultural uh, things. When a person's subjective gender, gender identifies, when a person's subjective gender identity aligns with their objective biological sex, which is the case for most people. Oh, I already read that. that I don't know why I put that stat on there. Pause. Um, no, we're going back. Here, okay. So now that we understand what transgenderism is, we'll look at the gender uniform to help explain it a little bit in a little bit after we get over gender dysphoria. But in America today, there are 1.4 million people who identify as transgender. I just want to show our hands for people who think that it's more than that, who thought it was more than that before I read it. That would be 0.6% of Americans would, have thought would be considered transgender according to many scientific studies. That's yet, I, I, we'll cover this more later, but yet these 0.6% of people are changing the entire culture. And that is amazing. Whatever America is claim, claiming to be 73% Christian, well, we can cut that number in half or even quarter it. That's still a whole lot more than 0.6%. We'll cover that more later. Gender dysphoria is a term that is often misused. What gender dysphoria is, we often have... <clears throat> most people think gender dysphoria is simply having a struggle with the gender identity. That is not what gender dysphoria is. Gender dysphoria, according to the American Psychiatric Association, is not due to the discrepancy between the individual's thoughts and physical reality, but due to the presence of emotional distress caused by this, or that hampers social functioning. That is, I hope that made sense. It is not that they feel like they're in the wrong body. It is social functioning being hampered by that feeling. Okay? Mm -hmm. So whenever people try to say, tell you gender dysphoria is a mental disorder and tons of people have it, they don't. In fact, 0.005% to 0.014% of males struggle with gender dysphoria. And then 0.002 to 0.003% of females struggle with gender dysphoria. It's a long way from 0.6% of Americans. Did you find in your study of gender dysphoria that the that the uh, this phenomenon takes place in individuals that are not even past adolescence? Yes. In their age. Yes. So it, it makes sense that that the uh, idea of gender dysphoria would be a phenomenon for people who don't have fully formed brains. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We'll cover, that, that's a good point, and we will get to that a little bit more. This is the lovely unicorn. Uh, the, unicorn explain, the unicorn can explain it a lot better than I can. Uh, what, what you have here is if you were going to fill this out, I would come to this unicorn and I would say, 
there a laser on this? Yeah. Oh, you can't see it. Uh, I would say, you know what? I'm female, or I've, I identify as female, so I put my marker right here. But I kind of identify as male too, so I'm going to put that marker right here. And then, you know what? I also am slightly other gender, so I'm just going to put it right here. But mostly, I'm feminine. Then you move down to the gender expression. You know, I'm really feminine, but I want to express myself as masculine. So you put your marker right here, feminine here, so on and so forth. The only one you can't actually choose, or is not up to you, is this one, which is going to be sex assigned at birth, and I would have to choose male. I couldn't choose female or woman. Now, obviously, mine would be all the way on man, all the way on masculine. Uh. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to talk about this part, but this plays a huge role in transgenderism as well. I'm going to let homosexuality cover that. Um, just because I don't have time to talk about it. <laughs> but do pay attention to emotional attraction. Yes. And it's very, when you see people fill these out, I, I looked at people who had filled these out, and most of them were way over here on this, and this one was like, they didn't even fill this bottom one out. Mm -hmm. they, they don't have that sexual attraction necessarily. Mm -hmm. It's just emotion. Uh, that's, I don't know why that is. I didn't go into a deep. Uh, but... Uh, what I'm going to do right now is set, explain a little bit of how transgenderism works, how it looks in the everyday life. So normally, we discussed earlier, people are going to cross-dress or go through cross-sex hormone therapy or go through sex reassignment surgery. Uh, that definition is right. I, I didn't make a slide for this, so you're just going to have to bear with me. Uh, cross-dressing, which we all know is a man putting on a woman's dress, stockings, heels and hair and makeup and going out to the world and acting like a woman. Now, or drag queening or drag kinging, either way. Um, Cross-dressing allows for a person who struggles with their gender identity to express how they feel without actually changing anything. It's the easiest to do and probably the most accepted form, although most people, this is where gender, gender and gender dysphoria and gender identity issues are just crazy because no one even agrees that cross-dressing is actually a form of gender expression. Some people do, some people don't. I, um, but then taking on a little bit more serious things, CH, CHT, CHT, or cross-sex hormone therapy, takes things a step further. It introduces hormones of the opposite sex in order to develop the desired characteristics. Testosterone therapy is used to suppress female secondary, secondary sex characteristics and masculinize transgender men. In the same way, hormone therapy for transgender women is intended to feminize patients by changing fat distribution, including breast formation and reducing male pattern hair growth. Taking hormones that would change who you are. So you would take female hormones in order to grow breasts or... Yeah. Um, and if you're a man or a woman looking to change, you would take those and it would redistribute fat. And anyways, y'all get it. CHT can have lasting effects on individuals and their intended effects are often irreversible. There are several side effects to this type of treatment, including cardiovascular disease, two types of diabetes, not two types, type two diabetes, <laughs> and cancer in some cases. So it does have some repercussions. Also, once you start taking cross-sex hormone therapy, uh, it's often irreversible. What it does to you, you can't change. 
So kids starting out on this at the age of 12, which actually the legal age for America is 16 at the moment mm. for taking this. Mm. They're trying to get it moved down lower. But as we'll look at, kids don't even know who they are yet. Yep. And then they're going to be changed and not cha able to change back. And this is a huge problem and is leading to extremely high suicide rates in the transgender community. Mm -hmm. uh, sex reassignment surgery. Sex reassignment surgery takes things a step further by seeking out surgery to physically confirm gender identity. This takes gender expression to a whole new level. No longer do I have to pretend like or cross-dress to be a girl. I can actually have the parts of a girl. I can actually have the parts of a boy if I'm a girl. That has... Um, SRS is not limited to changing the genitals of a person, but can also include, but it's not limited to, breast implants, breast removal, facial reconstruction, and even changes in body shape. There's a guy who is actually a human Barbie doll, uh, and he's had his whole body reshaped to look like that of a Barbie. Uh, that would also fit into that category. <clears throat> sex reassignment surgery combined with cross-sex hormone therapy and cross-dressing is the ultimate goal for general transgender population. That's what they want. They want to be the other sex. And that's as close as you can get because you can't change chromosomes. Still not there. <laughs> Transgenderism in kids. Young children who do not associate with their typical gender roles. Now this is very important. Uh, earlier we were saying the people, they don't normal transgender people do not associate with their sexual identity. What young children, on the other hand, do, they don't accept their typical gender roles. For example, they play with Barbies, if they're a guy. They do all these things that, are, that got kid boys are not supposed to do. Um, the only problem is, or my bad, because they do not like the colors of toys that they're supposed to, these kids are wanting to change their gender. Their parents are wanting to change their gender. Uh, we want to support them. We want to help them. It's ridiculous. The only problem is they hardly know who they are. When puberty comes and the truth of sex takes over, more often than not, they will revert back to their biological sex and biological gender. <clears throat> CHT, CHT and SRS are being done to children at extremely young ages. Uh, 12 and possibly even younger, was as young as I could find, causing problems in the continued development of these children. Dr. David Stevens says, children lack the cognitive ability to give informed consent to procedures like this. They can't make that decision. Individuals who identify as transgender use cross-sex hormone therapy and undergo sex reassignment surgery there. Uh, for those individuals, there's well-documented increase in Incidents of depression, anxiety, suicidal, suicidal thoughts, substance abuse, and even risky sexual behavior. That this elevated risk of mental behavior problem comes from what I believe to be, or what I believe to be the problem is that 80 to 85 percent of the time, kids revert back to their biological sex mm. after going through puberty. Wow. That's even after they've received the cross-sex hormone therapy. After they receive the sex reassignment surgery, 80 to 85% of them are turning back. That's from a medical doctor, not some guy on a, on a site that has no idea what he's talking about. 
Now moving on a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about this suicide rate. The world suicide rate, according to the World Health Organization, is 10.5 suicides per 100,000 people. Would you think that's a lot? Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. When we compare that to transgenderism, it's really, you can't even mark it. Uh, we'll look at that. International Revenue of Studies that followed over 2,000 people in 13 countries who had undergone sex reassignment surgery identified 16 possible suicides wow. in 2,000 people. That translates to 800 out of 100,000 people committing suicide after they've wow. gone through sex reassignment surgery. 800 out of what? 100,000. That's almost one-tenth of every person. Yeah. One out of every ten. What was the first one? 10.5 out of 100,000 is normal, not normal, but it's the world average. I'm just going to leave that there. I don't have much to add on it, obviously, y'all. Anyways, according to one human right camp rights campaign, discrimination and hate crimes have led to the death of at least 128 people being killed because they are transgender. Mm. You know, whether we agree or disagree with this style of life, these numbers are alarming and must be dealt with or responded to in some way. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on. A sense of identity, what I believe the root of the problem is going to be. It's a sense of identity. You know, who I am has been a question that's been around forever. I would argue that it's what caused Eve to sin in the garden. Mm -hmm. She wanted to be equal with God. But it's undoubtedly the question that David is asking in Psalms 8 verse 4 when he says, What is man that you are mindful of him, and son of man that you care for him? Who, who are we? God, why do you care about us? See, but as the rapid development of new terminology testifies, this idea is being asked like never before. Despite having the appearance of sudden change, all this has been done overnight. It hasn't been done overnight. It's been happening increasingly for the last half century. And more, indeed, it is simply part of a much broader social and sexual revolution that has engulfed the Western culture. A revolution that includes the advent of contraceptive pills, the various waves of feminism, premarital sexual experimentation, no-fault divorce, abortion on demand, and lowering the film and television standards. We talked a lot about a lot of that with hookup culture and abortion um, and the legalization of same-sex marriage. <clears throat> Basically, what I'm saying there is this is not a new idea. But it's been building upon these other ideas for centuries or for years. Uh, and continue, I'm going to do this personhood theory. I'm not going to talk about this in depth because Eric gave us a great example of it. But it's, and this is the one Nancy Piercy uses for abortion. This technically isn't in her transgender section. But it's still the same thing. It's the body and the mind, the mind is what gives us what's right and wrong. The body, or I keep saying the body, the mind is where our being is. It's where moral and legal standing come from. The body is just a thing that your mind presides in. You get to change it, you get to do whatever you want to. It. This is not the case. <clears throat> uh, and I'm going to leave that, leave that there. Science. I don't have a whole lot of science material, but I do think we need to realize that other than 
in some cases of reptile and fish and other things, animals do change sex whenever it comes to reptiles and other things. That is a thing. Snakes, uh, some types of amphibians, they do that. Very strange. God is amazing. <laughs> but in mammals, I could not find one instance of something that actually changes sex. There's no such thing as that. There might be some homosexual relationships in animals. Very rare, I would argue. And to serve a bigger purpose, actually. But no animal thinks that it's something it should not be. Male is male and female is female. Um, we have in our body DNA that is assigned and, and ends up designating our sex. It will produce the characteristics of man or the characteristics of woman. There's simply no debate with that. And the idea with transgenderism is, you know, whenever the baby is born, the doctor has to look at that baby and decide. And really, he's perplexed and has no idea what to name it or what to call it. But he, he finally decides on it's a boy. Even though it has all the parts of a boy and looks just like a boy. Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> um, Anyways, I'm going to move on because this is the most important part, I think. The Bible is going to... We looked at the problems with sex and science. Very briefly, I understand that. But the problem with transgenderism in the Bible is what we're going to look at next. First off, the mind... Or is the mind capable of knowing truth? We studied this last term in Evangelism 1 when we made our one-on-one. -on -one. That was the first step, was to devaluate the capability of human mind. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 28, verse 26, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. We are our own worst enemy. Our mind can be dearer to us than the word of God. <laughs> the mind is what leads your decisions and these people's decision. And sadly, it is quite terrible at its job. Mm -hmm. As humans, we are not in a position to know the way unless we follow after the wisdom of God. So basically, in summary, the mind cannot be right on its own, but must rely on wisdom that comes from God through His Word. 2 Timothy 3, 13-17. <clears throat> what does the Bible say about biological sex? In Genesis chapter 1, God's going to say, Let us make man in our image. So God created man in His image, and in the image of God He created him. Male and female He created them. Genesis 1, 26-27. When God created man, he created him in the likeness of God. Anyways, so God created man. And he obviously set two different sexes, just like he did with all the other animals in creation. They had two different sexes. So obviously, from the Bible, I know that's underdeveloped, but just bear with me. Obviously, biological sex is determined by God. And was since the beginning of time. But more importantly, what I want to focus on is gender... Gender 1. Genesis 1 is the base for sexual truths. Uh, when it, then it is developed in Genesis chapter 2. In Genesis 2, 24 through 25, God says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife. They shall become one flesh. Uh, in chapter 1, they're referred to in the same way as animals are. But in chapter 2, God gives distinction to human that nothing else gets. This is the beginning of gender. God has created them to be devoted partners with each having a role. They each have specific parts. 
Man should lead in a godly way, and the woman should support and participate. Now, I know the woman supporting and participating is not necessarily something that we would like to accept as natural gender roles, but still, that is what God created woman for. But God created them to be done in tandem. They should complement each other. Since we have created male and female, we are husbands and wives, fathers and mothers, sons and daughters, brothers and sisters. Our gender identity plays an important role in how we interact biblically in those relationships. God has set gender roles. In Genesis chapter 2, he said... What, was that? what did I just say? Uh, Man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife. Man and his wife. They, they have... They have gender roles assigned by God. Gender is assigned by God. I'm almost out of time. I'm going to ask if anyone has a question on that because I find... No, I'm going to finish. (laughs) And actually, this is my finishing slide. I'm not going to talk about each and every one of these, unfortunately. I know that y'all would like to. And I wish, that's what I hope to spend our time on in questions. Uh, I'm going to ask you all these, and I want to know what you all think. I have answers to them written down here. But my conclusion, how many seconds? You got a little less than a minute. Okay. Oh, that's good. My conclusion is, before we talk about these, we will close on this, but I want to state my conclusion. Transgenderism is a scary social issue. If you say one wrong thing, you are attacked from the other side. It's like Armageddon for you. They have feelings that are deeply rooted in personhood theory, wanting the mind to lead them. In fact, they are look far and wide for meaning in the earth, body and mind. They have done this without God, and everything has lost purpose in meaning, because to them there is nothing greater than the mind. The mind is what gives us purpose to them. In Romans 1, 18-32, God talks to Paul and says, um, anyways, about man thinking he knows best and leaving God behind. He's going to say, therefore God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, to the impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth of a God for a lie and worshipped and served the creatures, the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Romans 1, 24 through 25. After the fall in the garden, sin has ruled over many people. They have simply left God behind, even though he has still made himself known to all. But we cannot forget, we, we know sin is the problem. The only way to conquer it is Jesus Christ. First John says, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, not just for my sins, but for the sins of transgenders. We can't forget that. Many American Christians, I think that Christians in a lot of ways, have forgotten that when it comes to these people. God loves them very much. I love, we need to love them very much, just like God does. Uh, we talk them down, hate on them, badmouth them, every chance we get without fully even understanding what they are going through. We need to be reaching out to these people, showing them the love of God. Many, if not most, will reject us, showing them the love of God. Oh. Because they don't want to subdue their own power. But we must trust in our God and turn the world upside down. We may not be popular or even liked. We may even be despised and probably will be. But we will spread the truth about the love of God to all people regardless of gender identity.
So thanks for listening. Is that his 30 uh, or 25? 32. 32. We'll give you two minutes to ask uh, <laughs> the, the most important question you think needs to be asked. I want What I want to ask is, how do we teach... We dealt with transgenderism. The question I want to ask is, how do we teach and encourage those who are in the church who are conflicted and confused by these social changes in gender and gender identity going on around us? This is a huge deal. I'm going to, um, how do we deal with that? Because the church is scared. The church doesn't know what to do. You turn on nightly news, what comes on? Somebody talking about something that relates to sexuality. And the church doesn't know how to respond. So how do we respond and teach and encourage the church? Uh, uh, go, go. Well, I, my first response to that is we, we just need to uh, we need to teach what this is within the body. We need to learn as as uh, as the church what this really means and what these people are going through. I think your presentation does a great job of that. Uh, however, we don't do a great job of that in the church currently. And so I think the first, uh, the first way we can go, go to these people is by knowing who they are. And so, honestly, hopefully this is something that can be preached within yeah. the congregation. Yeah, yeah. Eric? Um, yeah, I was just thinking, honestly, the kind of response is near the same what I had for abortion. In a sense of, you have to first take away, teach the false views, and mm-hmm. kind of uncover them, remove the false views and what they're based on to be able to teach truth into them. And we know like even this comes into homosexuality and there's temptation and there's urges and there's conflict in the body to that you're more inclined to be homosexual or alcoholic or all these different things. And it doesn't necessarily make you worse than anyone. It's just you're inclined to it. So understanding that people may be inclined to this and be able to teach truth, teach God made people as the, and gave them our roles. God is our creator, built us a certain way for a reason, and even if we struggle with that, he still has to be the main one speaking into our lives. Yeah. I, I think the the right approach would be to focus most of all on godliness, because that's like, in the Bible, when it combats any of these subjects, it's, it, it is related to godliness, not about like homosexuality, not about this, like, it's a, a general aspect of godliness, like, either you're godly or ungodly, so, it needs to be, like, the church needs to be taught that, to understand that all the other aspects that are ungodly, they need to be approached in a way that is not negative, or rejecting, but inform yourself, like, you, you need to inform yourself about that subject, understanding what godliness is. Mm-hmm. Uh, all great comments, and technically I'm out of my two minutes, but I have one thing that I want to say to end uh, that is re- in relation to that. Uh, really what y'all said is the answer, I believe. But I want y'all to remember the number I said. 1.4 million, which is 0.6% of the population. 330 million people live in America. 73% of those claim Christianity as their own as their religion. I don't care if you want to cut that down 25 to 15%. That's still a whole lot more than 0.6. Why is it that the 0.6 are turning the world upside down and we're not? They're getting their way 
pushed in and I understand that it can be scary in dealing with that, but we have to encourage the church to not be pushed down and subdued, but rather to trust in our God to conquer these issues. Mm -hmm. So thank you all.